Good morning and welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita and today is Wednesday, August the 10th, 2022. As always, I give God thanks for you. Thanks for what he is doing in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, the people, places, and things that God has divinely connected you to for such a time as this. It's Wednesday and every now and then you need to be reminded that you were made for this before you were made in the secret place, before you were even knit together in your mother's womb. It's important for you to know that you were made for this. It's Wednesday, so it's our midweek word. I want to come to you out of 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verses 3 through 10. And the word of the Lord reads as follows. We put, and this is Paul, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, poor, yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. That is a word. Do you hear me? That is a word. And I will tell you that as I read this, well, I listened to the word, but then as I read the word several times, it just really blessed me. And I just want to start out by talking about the first part of the scripture where he says, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path. It is important for us as believers to recognize that once we make a declaration, once we declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, once we tell people that we go to church, once we tell people that we're praying for them, once we confess the Lord Jesus, right? People are looking at us. People are watching how we live our lives. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and one of the things that she said, and I don't know if she was watching it off of YouTube, so I, I don't know where she where she got these words from, but one of the things that she said is that the non-believer is confused. She said the non-believer is confused because they look at us and they don't know what's the difference. Right. What is the difference from being a Christian? What's the difference of being a believer as opposed to being a non-believer when believers 
say that they love God, right? They say that Jesus Christ is Lord. They say that, you know, um, they're going to heaven, but yet their lifestyle does not line up. Their lifestyle doesn't line up. They're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. When God has called us to be separate and we have to be careful because as we um, find ourselves with people who might be babes in Christ, we can be a stumbling block to them because they're like, okay, well, you're doing this and you're a Christian. You've been walking with God for a long time. Hey, I say I'm a Christian. I just started walking with God. And if you're doing it and you've been walking with God for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. And I've only been walking God for two years. And surely I can do the same thing you do. And when we do that, right, the Bible tells us, Paul said, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Don't you know you are a minister? God, the Bible says that we are, God has given us all the ministry of reconciliation. Just like we have been reconciled to Christ. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are supposed to call people in, not run them away, not make them question their walk with God, not make them question, you know, Every time I talk to so-and-so, he or she is doing this or doing that. And they begin to question what it really means. We're going to be accountable for that. So we have to be careful about that. That's the first part. I wanted to make sure I said that because sometimes if we're not careful, if we are not careful, we will start to look like the world. We will start to look like the world. And that is not something God has called us to do. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. What does that look like? What should we be doing? Uh, what should we be saying? Right. What does your time look when, you know, to, in spending time with God? I am a living witness. The more time you spend with God, the more you open up your heart to God, the more you confess your sins and live a lifestyle of repentance, God will change your heart. He will change your thought pattern. He will work on you so that truly you will begin to look like our father. You will begin to talk like our father. We're not our father. But we will have more of our father's ways. (laughs) We will have more of our father's ways. The second part that I read in this passage that I pray is a blessing to you is that Paul, I I love, I, I just love Paul because Paul was at one time Saul, but when he turned, when God met him and and he had that Damascus road experience. My God, he turned his life around and he was sold out for Christ. Paul had a Damascus road experience that caused him to change his life. But when you look at verse number, um, 
It starts at verse eight. He said, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters. Know that as Christians, there are going to be times when people tell you you're fake. There are going to be times when people tell you, you know, you're, you're not real. You're fake. You're this, you're that. Be ready for that. Even in your genuineness, even when God touches your heart, even when God um, changes your life for the better, there will still be people who will want to remind you of your past. There will still be people who want to say you fake because of what you used to do or because, you know, you have a moment and you slip up and maybe say something or do something right and you are vulnerable, you repent, and there will still people that say, huh, uh, huh, I thought you was a Christian. Genuine, yet regarded as imposters. Known, yet regarded as unknown. You know, just like Jesus, he had to go somewhere else to do his work, right? There, there are some places as God calls you higher, there are some things you will not be able to do Uh, with your family. There are some things you will not be able to do with your friends. There are some um, things you will not be able to do in your church. You're known and God will promote you, right? He will catapult you. He will take you to new levels and new dimensions in the spirit, but yet you'll be known yet regarded as unknown by people who you're closest to because they can't yet receive the anointing. They can't yet receive and they don't know who you are. They know the old you, but they don't know the new you because in Christ, we are all new creatures. The old has passed away. Then he goes on to saying dying and yet we live on. The Bible says that the, the, um, this, the outward man is perishing, but the inner man is renewed day by day. Yes, we're dying, but yet we live on. Why? Because we know we're just traveling through. We know that this world is not our home. We don't know when he's going to call us home. My mother, and I think I've said this before, my mother said her pastor would say all the time, um, I'm not ready to go, but I'm ready. Meaning we're not in a rush to get there, right? Uh, But whenever God calls us, we want to be ready. So we're dying. Every day we're dying. But yet we live on beaten and yet not killed. See, people will beat you with their words. People will try to beat you with their actions. Sometimes people might physically try to beat you. But the fact that you can hear my voice, whenever you hear my voice, you're still here. What was meant to kill you only made you stronger in your faith, only made you call out Jesus, the name above every name beaten. Yet you're not, you're not dead. You're still here. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. See, the Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The Bible says that he would give us, um, what is it? Uh, what do I, oh, help me, Holy Spirit. 
dancing for mourning. He will turn our mourning into dancing, sorrowful, yet always rejoicing the peace that surpasses all understanding. See, that comes from sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Have you ever just been sad about some things? Have you ever been sorrowful about something that didn't work out or something that didn't go your way or a person that really hurt your feelings, but yet always rejoicing. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, rejoice. That means put that, that repeat, rejoice, do it again and again and again, no matter what rejoice. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. Then Paul says, poor yet making many rich. See, and then he says, having nothing and yet possessing everything. I'm going to put all that together and wrap this thing up. See, the world will have you believing you got to have this or that in order to stand out. You got to have Louis. You got to have, you know, uh, Louis Vuitton. You got to have Alex McQueen, this and that. You got, you know, this, that, and the other, this, your bank account got to be this or be that. See, here's the thing that, that I know, that I, that, that I know, and that I'm learning. A lot of people got money, y'all. They still not happy. They're still not happy because the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Now I'll tell you, the Bible also says that money is answereth all things. There's nothing wrong with money, but see, it's the love of money. It's the love of what money can do. See, and I thank God that my parents raised me this way. Um, my parents, you know, I grew up middle class and, and I'm thankful that even in that, I never had to have designer things. I never had to have this or that. I got, I got a hand-me-down car and I was happy to get that from my, from my parents. So I never had to have it. I'm so thankful that I didn't get caught up because I'm going to tell you now where um, the Lord has made a way and provided for me. If I want to buy some of that stuff, you know, I can if, if I choose to, but see, it really, it's really not in me because that doesn't define me. It doesn't define me poor yet making many rich. See, you can be poor in spirit. You can be poor financially, but yet if, even if you're poor in spirit, you have the word of God and it's the word in you that rises up. The Bible says, stir up the gift. I guarantee you, if you speak the word, you'll start feeling a little bit better. I guarantee you, if you speak the word of God over your life and over your situation, my God, you'll start praising God. You'll start thanking God. He'll put a pet in your step. And even if you have to cry, hallelujah, it will be a release because the Bible says that he bottles up every one of our tears. It is okay to cry. It is okay to get on your face. It is okay to, I don't know what up. It's all right. It is all right. Why? Because God is a present help in the time of trouble. 
Sometimes you just need the comfort. Sometimes you just need to just cry and let it all out. It's going to be okay. The Lord is on your side. If God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. Having nothing and yet possessing everything. I watch sometimes, you know, I get on YouTube and TikTok and all the little stuff. The Lord is helping me because I'm realizing that some of that is a distraction. And so I have to limit my time literally. But even in watching that, I've realized that even though people have everything, if you don't have God, you don't have you don't have nothing. <laughs> if you don't have God, if Jesus Christ is not Lord in your life, you don't have anything worth having. Hmm. I believe it was Moses who said, basically, God, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. See, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. If God doesn't give it to me, I don't want any door to open for me. If God doesn't open it, do you hear me? I don't any, I don't want any relationship in my life. I'm getting too old. Y'all. I don't want any relationship, any relationship. I don't want a friendship. I don't want a friend male or female or whatever. I don't want, and when I say male or female, I'm talking about as a friend. I don't want any romantic relationship unless God is in it. I don't want a position unless God ordained it. I don't want anything material unless God says it's mine. I don't want anything Unless God is a part of it. Nothing. I need him that desperately in my life. And I know you do too. We need God. Like never before. Especially in this season. God wants to do so much in us and through us. But we have to know who we are and whose we are. And we have to be careful about the life, the life that we lead in front of other people who may just be starting this Christian walk. I love you all. Have an awesome, wonderful Wednesday. I pray that this word encourages you in knowing that I don't care what it looks like. Be prepared for it. Gird up your loins. Put on the full armor of God so that you can withstand. We in a season where we got to be with able to stand some things. We got to be with able to stand COVID, monkeypox, um, lawlessness, right? We got to be inflation, recession. We got to be able to withstand some things. Hallelujah. Have an awesome day. Love you all. Bye-bye.